The first time I saw her, she was naked, except for pearls and the look in her eyes. My thoughts, as best I can reconstruct them, were, what? Hmm. Well. It did not occur to me that someday this woman would make me the first male first lady of the land. Aside from having no clothes on, Clementine was running from dogs at the time. No doubt Abe Lincoln was doing something more indicative of his prospects when Mary Todd first laid eyes on him, but even so, I doubt Mary's reaction was, My, he's striking. Why do I have the feeling that someday my portrait will hang in the White House looking crazy as a road lizard? They all do, you know. There's a hallway in the White House where the First Lady's portraits hang, and they all look abused, taken advantage of, driven to distraction. And I don't blame them. Abigail Powers Fillmore looks like she has just been induced, for the good of the nation, to eat a dozen mud pies. Jane Means Appleton Pierce looks like she was required to spend the previous night in bed with three dead strangers. Eliza McCardle Johnson looks like she is sitting, out of the frame, in a tub of coffee grounds. Julia Dent Grant looks like somebody just sapped her over the head several times in order to obtain her consent to pose. Frances Folsom Cleveland looks like she has seen things that nobody who bathes daily should ever have to see. And all of those are my sentiments exactly. Except, no, they're not. My sentiments are that I have not been myself since I beheld that streaking vision one April afternoon in 1969. Nobody knows this story, and maybe the nation shouldn't. But there the future 43rd president was at first sight. Naked, unruffled-looking, and running, with her own odd, almost hitchy litheness, from certain forces of dumbass order. She did have a pearl necklace on. The pearls were bouncing, and so was her hair in a loose jet-black plate. Our eyes met. Maybe the face comes first in a person, and the character follows, or tries to. I know that some people have faces they can't live up to, and in time their faces give in. The thing about Clementine's face is, it makes us want to support her living up to it. It looks like a face that has taken things on board that it doesn't know what to make of, yet. A face that wants to laugh but can't quite, for reasons you secretly almost know. If you could help her face up to those reasons. So I pulled her into some bushes, the first time I saw her, and offered her what I had, my dirty laundry. She was 19 and looked 15 to 28. She has always looked older and younger than her age at the same time, more mature yet fresher. She regarded me levelly, conspiratorially up to a point, just as she did in a couple of quick glances 24 years later on the wall of China, when we suddenly realized she was going to be leader of the free world. She swallowed, as she sometimes does now during a speech, In most cases, that would suggest nervous weakness, but in her case it softens, without undermining, her poise. Her hand went to her pearls, which were yellowish against her coloring in the late afternoon shrub-filtered light. I don't notice that sort of thing usually, but I did then. And she said, Tell me your name. Just that. Then waited for an answer. Her face was almost too amazing. There may be a sense in which it works better on television, but in person it is more amazing, unsettling. For your own relief, 
you want to do something to help tune in that level look of hers that says, Right, we'll go with this. Remarkably, under the circumstances, she was close to that look then. Comfortable in her own skin, as they say, but not content in it, still off-balance enough to take the offensive. Not thanks, on the one hand, nor, on the other hand, who are you to intervene in my confrontation of the system? Just tell me your name. It nonplussed me. I was concentrating on trying to find something in my laundry bag that wasn't too unsuitable for her to wear.